actually that's part of learning you actually have to get things wrong if you were born knowing everything you wouldn't need to learn amen to that Hello, and welcome back to the TMI, that's my interest, podcast. I am your co-host, Rebecca, and with me, I have uh, Megan. So I'm Megan. Hello. And as a reminder, I am an English teacher in Japan. And Rebecca, how about you? I am a data analyst in Northern California. Sexy. Sexy super sexy um but i also used to be a teacher in japan so megan and i have that in common yeah and uh so before we get into today's activities i actually don't know oh sorry well before we get into any activities let's remind you of what our podcast is about so this is tmi that's which stands for that's my interest and Each episode, we take turns telling each other about something that we find interesting. Today is Rebecca's turn, and I have no idea what she's going to tell me about. So I'm super excited, and she is cackling, so I'm a little worried. (laughs) I'm so excited, because when you see it, you're going to laugh your ass off. Okay, all right. And I appreciate that you cackled silently. I don't, like, I don't, I don't think it was a, a technical thing. I think you literally cackled silently. It was extremely impressive. I guess I've just been on one too many Teams meetings at this <laughs> point. So I know the art of the silent cackle. Work from home life. Hashtag. Hashtag it. I know it. All right. So uh, before we get into that, we do want to do a little bit of fun chit chat. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why I have to structure the chit-chat. This is structured (laughs) chit-chat time. Okay, once again, something I am familiar with in corporate life. This is structured (laughs) chit-chat time. All right, Megan, let's have some... Structured chit-chat. I guess. Have you been watching anything uh, interesting on Netflix? Been listening to a cool pod this week? Much like the rest of the world, the United States, earlier this month i did watch bridgerton on netflix (laughs) recommend you recommended it to me and i recommend i loved it i think i watched it in like a week um which it's that's not hard to do there's only like eight episodes or something like that is it british Ooh, like uh is it british i think it is british oh my god like oh watch Bridgerton like it is so my type of show because it's a period piece I love I'm a sucker for a period piece and then it's so cool because it's ultra diverse like there are so many actors and actresses of color so much diversity which is just so freaking cool because so often these types of like um the period pieces and and and, yeah period pieces don't have any diversity and the excuse given is that oh well back then like uh, (laughs) you know those gotta be accurate we have to be historically accurate but that is we all know that's bullshit because none of these period pieces are historically accurate and to be quite frank with you they would be boring like 
I mean, I shouldn't say that because I, I will watch, like, I will watch a documentary. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, the drama comes from, you know, exaggeration and things like that. So I was just so, so stoked on the diversity of the cast. The lead actor is legendarily hot, like legendarily hot, like, wow. Um, So I, I mean, I don't have to recommend Bridgerton. It's the most watched show um, (laughs) in Netflix history. I've heard about it. Uh, Really? It beat like uh, the Queen's Gambit Mm -hmm. from earlier? Because the Queen's Gambit, I think, was winning that for a bit, which I also haven't seen, but I actually really want to. I just, I hate jumping on bandwagons when everyone else is. I'm cool. I do things my own way. Me so, too, but so then you and I watched Tiger King. Oh remember? yeah, that was that, that was, was the first. I, I did jump on. <laughs> it was the beginning of quarantine in Japan. Actually, I'm like for both of us, so it just seemed right. Okay, I will right. keep that in mind. I just I haven't seen Bridgerton, but I do love hearing all the things people say about it. It is so hot. It's so hot. Uh, I, and, that's all I have to say. Yeah, so and my hot. favorite murder said that it had some steamy Victorian sex. Yep big time right. oh my god that whew, flame i love that show All right. <laughs> okay so rebecca recommends the most popular show on netflix so if you haven't seen it dozo go ahead sorry that said japanese there dozo in japanese means go ahead today's japanese lesson dozo loves it you tell me what you've been watching on sunday i watched the crime scene investigation at the cecil hotel about unfortunately a college student Elisa Lamb back in 2012 disappeared there and they found her body in the water tank like a month later do you remember that mm-hmm. yes. and yeah and there's kind of creepy footage footage of her in an elevator and they really did a deep dive into what happened all this stuff all these theories and stuff and uh, it's four episodes I thought it was really well done they even had a pretty decent conclusion at the end like we don't 100% know what happened but they were like this is what all the evidence points to and so I really recommend that I thought about doing that as a topic on the show and I still might but uh I also think that a lot of people have covered that and probably have covered it better than I will so I highly recommend watching that Mm. and after that I started or last week I started watching a sort of like dramedy tv show called working moms working moms which I have been thoroughly enjoying. Set in Canada. It's about a group of moms that go to like a, a mommy and me time and they like complain about their lives. Just like the first season. It had some, uh, it had some very interest. I actually really enjoyed, they had a topic of abortion come up in the show that I think was handled in a way I hadn't seen done before in media. And I really liked that. I don't want to spoil on what happens there. And also, I do have complaints because the show is very like, it's a lot of white women and even the non-white women are very like upper class or middle upper middle class like they all can either afford help or have one stay at home parent which is a very privileged place to be in and I did find that the show did not explore that as much as I would like so I would like to see more of that in the future but otherwise it was a, it was an interesting show the characters are really funny I really just love one of the characters she's like super like like in your face and just doesn't take people's stuff shit and at first I was really like annoyed by her but then she's also like a licensed psychiatrist and like a therapist and like does that really well so she always wants to like talk about stuff so I don't know I just I just found her very great I was in love with her and I wanted to marry her I love that she also had beautiful red hair. I think it was dyed, but it was beautiful red hair. So, 
Anyway, those are my two recommendations. I appreciate that because I am actually really bad recently, at least when it comes to any new TV shows or media. I'm so bad. Like I just, I, I will just watch YouTube videos or the same TV shows like over and over, like a comfort thing actually um (laughs) yeah so like I want to branch out and me watching Bridgerton was me branching out and I was like this is what I've been missing this content is so good it's so fresh so I have been trying to you know sink my teeth into new content so I appreciate recommendations hey listeners leave your recommendations in the comment section (laughs) or the reviews that's what I should say sorry sorry the reviews <laughs> five um, stars yeah give us your reviews and recommendations there's there's no you know i don't think there is a comments is there a comment section on podcasts yeah i was gonna say there isn't a comment section that's a youtube thing my bad but <laughs> so send, us to can... us some, send it on uh dm us slide into our dms on a uh, twitter or instagram i'm open i'm open to that <laughs> Rebecca is interested in sleeping with a listener. That is what we have heard her say. She cannot deny. I'm single. I am a single lady in quarantine. Anything can happen. Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't sleep with a fan, Rebecca. I recommend don't sleep with a fan. I've done it. I've never done it. Actually, all I've done it. I've only I've only slept with fans. All of my partners have been a great fan of me. All of my partners have also been fans of me. There you go. There you go. Alrighty. Alrighty. Alrighty then. Should we get down to the podcast? We are podcasting. Should we get down to the, the topic that's going to make me squeal with laughter or blow my mind? I don't really know what's going to happen. A lot of confusion. The topic at hand. All right. Well... Megan, I am so excited to introduce to you the topic at hand. It is quite a heel turn. Very nervous. From last week. So there's no airplanes. Uh, There's no dead people in the ocean. None of that. This is a topic that should warm your heart. It should fill you with glee. And so I think you should open the document on the drive. All right. So I am going to get introduced. Oh, my God. I think I know what it is. Oh, my God. I think I can can see a picture. (laughs) So you're right. You were right about how I'm reacting. So is today's topic Starbucks? Today's topic is Starbucks in Japan. In Japan specifically. Oh my god, that is awesome. You know what's really funny? I was thinking if I was, if this was something I was going to say at the beginning of the, the chit-chat part, but I forgot because I have to go to D&D after this and I was thinking, oh, there's like a Starbucks on the way, like all, on the highway that I was thinking of stopping at. And I, and I wish I would have said it earlier. Actually, it would have <laughs> given it away because you would have lost it. You would have been like, oh yeah, Starbucks. Oh my god, of course. Of course you are in that mindset because you know I am in the same mindset. Listeners, Megan and I have been to more Starbucks, particularly in Japan, than I can count. Actually, you and I have never been to Starbucks in America. We've only been to Starbucks. I mean, together. She means together. We have individually gone to Starbucks in America. Yes, let me me clarify. We've never met in America. 
Oh my God. Physically. That is a crazy thought. Yeah. We have never hung out in America. We've only been together in Japan. What do you look like in America? I bet you're shorter. I'm shorter in America. <laughs> at least like, at least comparatively. Yes. I'm, I'm shorter in America. Um, my paleness is not as apparent. Actually, maybe more. It's more apparent. I live in California. There yeah, are I was going to say, people might be here. tan. But uh, Japanese, uh, Japanese beauty standards do love pale people, though. So probably lots of compliments. But you are also pale. I'm very pale. I once, oh my god, Japanese women are, Japanese beauty standards are really into pale skin. And there was this one time me and my equally white friend were um, walking down the street and some old lady just starts ye- talking to us. I say yelling. It was like loud. It was like, you know how old people just kind of yell? Yes. Because they're deaf. I, I love old people. I'm sorry. That was rude. I respect my elders. Anyway, so this old lady just starts yelling at us in Japanese, and she says some stuff, and I'm pretty sure one of them was, your skin's so white and beautiful. And I was like, ma'am, what? I was like, thank you? <laughs> it's funny because, well, first of all, and this is a tangent, whatever, but... Dozo. Dozo. I have been, <laughs> I have been told, like, so many times by my mom that I should try tanning or I should try being <laughs> thick tan or something because I'm naturally so pale, but I completely embrace my natural skin tone. I have no interest in tanning. And I am a person who I don't tan. I just burn and I then Same. I become pale again. So I am just a pale human being, but I actually find, I don't want to say tan, tan people, people who are not pale. As pale as I so am, you, you like, I, I you find like, that to be very attractive. You you, are, you like darker skin, yeah, like tan skin I find, or like naturally darker to, skin. I I find that I mean that's not to say that like I couldn't feel attracted to somebody with pale skin, but I find that to be a really attractive thing. I feel like skin. I've never really thought about what my skin tone attractiveness is. I think I just I think mm. I don't find I don't think someone's skin tone has any extra attractiveness to me. I'm much more into hair. I can mm, I can get um, interested in a good head of hair. Hair and doesn't play a big role for me. My boyfriend keeps threatening to shave his head, and he's gonna he's gonna do it. He likes he likes having a shaved head. He had one before we started dating, and I'm sure he'll do it. And he can obviously it's his head, but I live in fear of it. And he also listens to this podcast, so uh, you have permission to shave your head. <laughs> You don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. Just, I'll love you either way. That is sweet. The topic at hand is Starbucks in Japan. I had thought about including information about Starbucks in general, but I thought, no, I want to focus in on Starbucks in Japan. That would be a big topic. Starbucks is a pretty big. Starbucks deal. in general is maybe a future episode if people were interested. I did study Starbucks in business school and read a oh. very interesting case study about that. Starbucks. Yeah, I, you know, that's something maybe I could speak about in the future. I'm particularly interested in discussing their vision of the company as the third place, the concept of the third place. Have you heard of that, Megan? Or is that a business school thing? Okay, Starbucks, their company vision was that they would become the third place in between uh, home and work. The third place that you would go and like spend time. And it kind of... They have, they have achieved that. Yeah, yeah I did it. You're right. It is the third place. Yeah. Creepy. Um, I, don't know I know. And it, it's very interesting. I mean, I am a Starbucks fan. 
Rebecca loves Starbucks. It is a key, <laughs> it is a key part of her personality. If I had to like do one of those, I don't know, apparently we're in elementary school. If I had to like draw a picture of like Rebecca and a bunch of random things, it'd be like rainbows. I don't know if you're into rainbows. Unicorns. Love it. Starbucks and yep. vegetables. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love all of those things. Those are an accurate depiction of my personality. You know, I, my relationship with Starbucks has changed over the years, but my consumption of Starbucks has remained consistent over the years. I used to work at Starbucks for a brief period of time. Truth be told, that was one of my most favorite jobs I've ever had. I forgot that um, you worked at Starbucks for a couple of I months. Know, I know. It I was so that. brief. It was so brief. I did it in between jobs, but you know, if, if it were a more lucrative position, I m- may still have been a barista today. But regardless, there are a few questions I wanted to ask you before we hopped in to, I guess, the, the meat of today's discussion. I, I don't know if I should use that word as a vegetarian, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so I will, I will begin by asking you a few questions. I don't uh, mean to grill you, but I'm just curious as to where your Starbucks knowledge is at. All right, I'm Um, excited. I love love trivia, I love answering questions. I love showing (laughs) either how smart I am or modeling to others that it's okay to not know everything. This is like a podcast, a space that should be very encouraging of my mic sorry you just punched Um, you just fisted your mic I just fisted my mic (laughs) (laughs) this is a place where I want people to feel very comfortable learning learning is fucking cool okay Uh, yes I agree as a teacher yeah it's okay to get things wrong actually that's part of learning you actually have to get things wrong if you were born knowing everything you wouldn't need to learn amen to that now, let me ask you a few questions. Okay. When do you think Starbucks first came to Japan? Okay, I looked at the image. I didn't see a date. It showed me where. It just said where the first okay. one was. Do you know when Starbucks itself was like invented in Seattle? I'm asking for a hint. <laughs> you don't have to. I don't know the exact date, but I know it was in the 80s. Okay, well then I'm going to change my date. Because <laughs> I was going to say 1985. <laughs> I'm going to say 19... 19- 98. Okay, that's a solid guess. And this one, I guess you already know because stupid me told you to look at the picture. But where do you think the first store was located in Japan? Uh, Well, I think before seeing that image, I probably would have said Tokyo. And if you would have asked for something more specific, I don't know what I would have said, maybe like Shinjuku, but I saw that it was Ginza. Yes, Ginza Matsuyadori is the first Starbucks store. And uh, just for anyone who's listening that doesn't really know about Japan or Tokyo, Ginza is just like a, it's kind of like a really fancy area of Japan, of mm-hmm. Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very affluent area. I never went there. I went there once for like, to go to eggs and things. Oh my God, I love <laughs> eggs and things. <laughs> <laughs> eggs and things. Been to eggs and things in Ginza. Yeah, that. it was oh. so good. It was like in this fancy department, like kind of building. I was like, Am I allowed to be in here in these I clothes? Know. I <laughs> so, know. I 
Eggs I and, totally echo that. Eggs and Things, for everyone listening, is a chain in Japan. It's a breakfast place. And they got, like, pancake. They got everything. It's pancakes, hash browns. I don't know why that's what I chose, but they do have the... Or they have potatoes. I don't know. They don't have hash browns. Eggs Benedict. Uh, Eggs Benedict. Thank you. Omelets. Mm-hmm crepes like it's really good and those things aren't super available in japan all the time and so it's really great to go here because it's very american it was inspired by like a hawaiian or it is a hawaiian restaurant i think mm-hmm. so i think um, so fucking love eggs and things i've literally every time i go to a major city go to eggs and things i think i went twice in like a one outing duh go every morning for breakfast if you're in tokyo are you kidding me that place I've been is to amazing eggs and things. i've been to eggs and things like three times in kyoto kyoto There's so much shit to do in Kyoto, and I'm, let's go to eggs and things. You can have Japanese breakfast any day of the week if you're living in Japan. Doesn't matter where you live, okay? But you can only have eggs and things, you know, if you're located near an eggs and things. (laughs) True. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, so first one was in Ginza in Tokyo. Yes, that was the first location. And my next question is, how many stores do you think are open now in Japan? Oh my god. God, I don't... I'm trying to think. There are so many Starbucks in Japan. Like, in the prefecture that I live in, which is not a small prefecture, and it does have a, a pretty major city. There are, like, so many. There's at least, like, four in the main city. There's one in my town, which is not a main city. I'm gonna guess ten per prefecture. Oh, that's a lot. 470! All right, 470. Wait, that can't be. Tokyo doesn't have 10. Hang on, hang on. I'm up in it. I'm up in it too. Five, uh, 600, 600, final offer. All right, I'm putting down your guess, 600, 600. So I don't forget it. And you said 1998 for the, the date, yeah. right? My final question, does Starbucks operate in all prefectures? I really don't know if Totori has one. Totori is the least populated. I'm going to say yes, because they do put them on highway rest stops sometimes. So I'm going to say yes. Mm. And if, addendum, mm. if there is not a Starbucks in every prefecture and you tell me what prefectures they're not in, I'm going to say Totori and Iwate do not have prefect, do not have Starbucks. This is very, like, insider knowledge. Anyone who doesn't know anything about Japan, Iwate is in the north, very sparsely populated. It was the last place to get coronavirus. Oh. Anyway, yep. So anyway, there's some some random uh, Japanese prefecture names for anyone who is not from Japan listening. So get excited yes. about that. Free knowledge. Free knowledge. That's this entire podcast. You can take that to your um, grave. Take that to the bank. <laughs> um, but to sort of dive into some information about Starbucks in Japan. This episode, by the way, is meant to be more conversational because yeah, I love- Megan and I have like personal experiences this is this is a great episode this is like a this is like a love letter to our friendship it really (laughs) is though we have so many memories in starbucks in japan oh my god there's a one yeah i we're going to go into it later in the episode but truly for those listening who haven't been to starbucks in japan i'm sure many people listening may feel like I roll, it's Starbucks, this is so, you know, ridiculous. But I'm telling you, Starbucks in Japan is different. And I'll explain why. It is special. Wait, am I allowed? Can I give a spoiler of why it's special? Oh, heck yeah. So oh, my experience yeah. is that Starbucks in Japan is special because they have special drinks like every mm-hmm. season. And they're always, almost always really good. 
right now it's cherry blossom season the sakura one just started rebecca's crying i'm actually not that crazy about this the sakura drinks but i i appreciate their existence and also starbucks japan has cool merch oh one thousand percent those are two points i make later in the episode yeah i feel like the sakura drink to to your point i feel like that's the most expensive or the 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 most infamous one to come from Japan, like people outside of Japan, be, oh, like Starbucks Japan sells a cherry blossom latte. <laughs> like that's so Japanese. And I, I agree with you. It's definitely not my favorite seasonal drink, but I feel like when I was living in Japan, I felt like I had to have at least one a year just in like yeah. commemorate. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I, the, uh, I can, oh wait, I can tell you about the recent, oh my God, I can tell you all about the, the regional, the drinks because I get to have them for Valentine's Day. They had like a chocolate one that was good. Actually, though, Tully's. <laughs> Sorry, am I allowed to mention Tully's in this? Tully's you can is mention a... Tully's. That's a competitor. It's a competitor. Are they... Do you know, is Tully's not from Japan? Is it from abroad? Somebody told me it was an abroad company. It is? Yeah, I believe Tully's is an American company, although I, I think they're, they're regional. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've never heard of Atolis in the U.S., but they're all they're all over Japan. Anyway, they had a. I actually liked their chocolate drink better. They had mm. a uh, soy milk chocolate macchiato. Ooh. Macchiato, yeah. I good. love Tully's. It's good. That was always my second choice when I was yeah. in Japan. Okay. Well, I think Tully's is it's it's honestly it feels like a little bit like Starbucks. It's the same. It's honestly mm. the same vibe, just different stuff, mm-hmm. and it has its yeah, own. Yeah, it's strengths. like tiered. Like, if you're tiering coffee shops, like chain coffee shops in Japan, I would say Starbucks and Tully's are in the same tier. Anyway, um, that was my side note. Anyway, reveal. you going to reveal if my answer is how far off they are? I will be. But first, I'm going to start with a little bit of information. Cool. So, all right. So, Starbucks. So, the joint venture entitled Starbucks Coffee Japan LTD was established on October 26th, 1995. But the first store did not open until August 2nd, 1996. So you were close with 1998. I almost said 1995. No, I didn't. I'm just saying Mm. that. Okay, cool. So you were close. So mid-90s is when Starbucks came to Japan. And in the document that I have shared with you, Megan, you will see the plaque, which appears in the first Starbucks in Japan. That's what that is. Yeah, it says Mm -hmm. Starbucks Coffee LTD. The first yes. store, August. Oh, yeah. If I had looked at this, it would have told me the date as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't look real close. August 2nd. Yes. When's your, when's your I birthday? I wish that mine is August 12th. So it's close. Almost a birthday present to me. But So does that mean Starbucks right. in Japan is Leo? Yep. Leo. It's a so Leo. Starbucks in Japan is a Leo. Leo energy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But... But I am so bummed that you and I never went to this first store. And if we are ever in Japan together again, I hope we have the opportunity to go to this first store. Sure. The second picture in the document. Sure. I don't not know. Excited. I'm not that interested. I'm totally not as excited about it. But anyway. Okay. Rebecca, no, I promise. No. We'll go. <laughs> but no. To be honest with you, actually, all things considered, there are a lot more interesting locations in Japan. I'll get to those later. I think but, I went to one of them. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> if you look at the second picture, which is on the second page of, I believe, of the document, it has a street view of the oh. of the store. So it's just like nice. kind of your average Starbucks but store. It's nice. It is. It is. But, I mean, it's, I don't know if that's what they all look like in Tokyo, but it looks nice. 
it's nice. But anyways, Starbucks Coffee Japan LTD began as a joint venture between the company's Sazabi League, which is a Japanese retailer and restauranter, and Starbucks Coffee International. So together they formed the joint venture, which was entitled Starbucks Coffee Japan LTD. However, as of March 2015, Starbucks Coffee International went ahead and bought out Sazabi League's share of the business. So now it is fully owned by Starbucks and completely under the corporate umbrella. So oh. it is no longer a joint venture. It is a wholly owned subsidiary. So that's a, li- that's a little of my international business degree for you. Mm-hmm. It is a wholly owned subsidiary. It is no longer a joint venture. It's wholly owned. Types. It's owned by God. <laughs> AKA Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> but interestingly enough, this location in Ginza and this venture was the first Starbucks location outside of America. So this was the first time Starbucks ventured outside of the States. So you may be asking yourself, why does Starbucks come to Japan? Yeah, I am. Also, can I do a small tangent? Yeah. So fun regional fact. Um, I I went to university in New Orleans. And mm. we have this famous place called Café du Monde, which uh, makes beignets, famous donut thing. And it only exists in New Orleans and for a little bit, Japan. It doesn't exist anymore in Japan. They close all the stores. Yeah. <laughs> Because we went to the one in Tokyo. There was one yeah. in Kebukuro in Tokyo. Yeah. And it used to be all over Japan. I, where I am now, which is not like a super major um, place. In my self-intro at school, it was like, oh, Cafe Dumont, there's one in Tokyo. And one of my teachers, co-teachers came up to me and was like, oh my God, like 10 years ago, there was a, uh, a Cafe Dumont. And I used to go to it all the time and I used to love it. And it closed and I didn't know that um, it was that place. So I just find it interesting that like Starbucks, Cafe Dumont's first branch out was to japan and i think what happened is the cafe du monde was at like some kind of world's fair and some star some japanese person got interested in it i can't remember when it was first established in japan anyway oh i just hit my i just fisted my (laughs) mic (laughs) i just punched my mic but anyway anyway that was my tidbit dozo i love that tidbit i remember when you took me there in tokyo and i thought the beignets Mm. were delicious Anyways, in terms of why Starbucks came to Japan, there are two primary reasons which were given by the CEO at the time. His name was Howard Schultz. He is really well known if you know anything about that type of thing. His name sounds Um, familiar. Well, he was CEO, interestingly enough, twice from 1986 to 2000, and then again from 2008 to 2017. That's an interesting fact. But anyways, so why they chose Japan? First and foremost, Japan is the third largest coffee consuming country in the world. The first two are obviously the United States. The second one is Germany, interestingly enough. Um, And then Japan. Germans getting getting that coffee. They need to stay caffeinated. (laughs) But the quote given from Howard Schultz in the article, which was a newspaper article from 1996, by the way. He said, I think we have a significant opportunity to leverage the equity of our brand, adding that most of the coffee being consumed in Japan is not of the quality (laughs) of Starbucks. Shots Uh, fired. In in 2020, I can even see why he would say that. I find that the general standard of coffee you just get random places could be better. Yes, I agree with you. Granted, I am biased because I am pro-Starbucks, but 
Um, Rebecca is pro big business. I'm gonna, (laughs) this is just me slandering you. Rebecca (laughs) would like to sleep with a listener and she's pro big business. I'm just joking. (laughs) One of these facts is true. Listeners. But (laughs) um, another quote from the article, which I found interesting was not stated by Schultz, but it was what Starbucks brings is a brand. And the acceptance in Japan of strong American brands is a well-documented fact. I thought that was interesting. And I think both of us can attest yeah. to at least some validity. Yeah, there. honestly, this man, both these things are pretty on point. I feel like he has a, uh, I don't know about Japan in the 90s, but it seems mm-hmm. like he understood Japan. Well, something interesting to note is that apparently, you know, neither of us know what Japan was like in the 90s um, from personal experience, but apparently coffee culture there mm-hmm. um, was very different at the time. Oh, and, Yes, apparently, Schultz said, one thing Starbucks needs to do is imbue Japanese consumers with some American coffee drinking practices, such as taking coffee to go in paper containers, which sort of blew my mind when I read it, because I was like, it's such a weird thought to think that that wouldn't exist, because, you know, like, when you and I have been in Japan, like, that's such an everyday thing. That actually does make sense to me. I mean, like, presently, Mm. you can get coffee to go super easily. You can get it from the convenience store. It's awesome. But Mm. the way Japan has been with just takeout culture in general, that totally makes sense to me. Because Mm -hmm. until COVID happened last year, there were a lot of restaurants where you could not get takeout. Now, pretty much everywhere Mm. does do takeout um, because of coronavirus. And also, since you couldn't do takeout, in a lot of places, you couldn't take your leftovers to go. Now, of course, most restaurants have smaller portions here. Pretty much unless you go to an okonomiyaki shop, <laughs> things are smaller portions. For the, just another tidbit, okonomiyaki is this like Japanese style of savory pancake. And if you have the like Osaka style, it's like a fuck ton of food. Anyway. Tabehodai. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I missed that. But... Tabehodai means all you can eat. Japan is also yes. super awesome about um, doing very affordable all you can eat. I literally just did like a $30 um, yakiniku. So that's like Korean barbecue thing on Wednesday just for fun. Also just going to say that things ha- coronavirus has calmed down a bit in Japan. <laughs> just say So I did feel comfortable going to a restaurant with one friend. Um, mm. Bye. Covering my ass so that people don't give me death threats on the internet. No death threats, please. <laughs> Marketing back to what we had talked to about initially. So for your information, you had guessed that there were 600 Starbucks I'm so excited to know the answer to this. All right. Well, I hope you're sitting down for this one. Is it going to be like 2,000? As of of December (laughs) 2020, there are 1,628 stores in Japan. I was only 1,000 stores off. That is crazy. I know. Do you have I know. To, do you like know how many are in like the Tokyo area or anything like I that? I don't. It's, That's okay. Yeah. Some of this information is a little bit limited. I imagine okay. I could find more if I search in Japanese. But anyways, they do operate in all 47 prefectures. Yes. So there is one in Totori. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. Japan is not I'm sure large. so many of them are in Tokyo, you know? And I guess that makes sense because, like, they do put them in, like, just, like, in shopping malls. They That's mm-hmm. crazy. That is a crazy number. There are 47 prefectures. Like, even if, like, 500 of those are in, like, the Tokyo area, that's, like, the whole Tokyo area that knocks out, like, five prefectures. Let's just say 40 prefectures to 1,000. A lot. When I moved to my – I lived in a 
very rural prefecture when I was um, a full-time English teacher. When I initially moved there, there were only one or two Starbucks in the entire prefecture. So if you think about that, if there are a handful of prefectures that are similar and that they only have one or two, like these are concentrated, you but know, in the big cities. I think you should also remember that when you were here was a long time ago, that was like six yeah, years ago. And I'm true. sure they've opened that's a bunch true. of stores because didn't they open the one? Um, I can think of one they opened in the prefecture used to be in since then. Mm-hmm. And one they opened in my prefecture, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it was a while ago that I, especially since I lived in rural Japan. It's been yeah, I really forget time. about that, too. Like, I'm like, oh, I studied abroad in Tokyo. I know exactly what Tokyo is like. I studied abroad in Tokyo like eight years ago. Like, things have changed. I know. Even for me, like, I lived the last time I was even in Japan was 2018. So at this point, that's been three years, you know, quite some time. But all right. Um, continuing on. For your information, Starbucks Japan, the Japanese market is its fourth largest market globally starbucks fourth largest market oh i couldn't find like an official ranking file but what i did find was an article on statista which is i'm not sure if you've ever used that but it it has like a lot of statistics Hmm. it had an article with rankings by number of stores per country and the rankings were number one the united states had the most number of stores two china three Canada and then fourth Japan and fifth Korea. Okay. That actually, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Although I do have to um, say fifth Korea is actually kind of impressive just because Korea is so much smaller than Japan and like has a tiny population. No, Korea is surprising. These numbers are as of 2019, by the way. Okay. So the, and this is, I will preface to listeners. I had some difficulties when I was doing my research. I wanted to make sure the articles were as up to date as possible, but some of them do have a, you know, some information from like 2019 or, you know, a little bit outdated, but I will include, we will include these. In the okay. Rebecca likes to promise that we'll put things in the show notes. <laughs> I will deliver. I will deliver. Um, okay. No, we'll more facts. That. That, that's important stuff. Okay. More facts. So the, Starbucks at Shibuya Crossing, the one that's above the Staya. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The one that you can walk, because the Shibuya Crossing is like a super famous crossing in Japan. Just it's Mm -hmm. really busy. Mm -hmm. And there's a Starbucks Mm -hmm. where you can view the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And according to one article I found, that is the busiest Starbucks in the world. That makes so much sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Have you ever like gotten coffee there and then actually sat at the coffee shop? Yeah. I think I, I think I, wa- I mean, I could be making up this memory, but I think I watched the Shibuya crossing from up there. Yeah, I think, so the only time that that ever occurred for me was when my parents came to visit me and I was an exchange student. We couldn't sit because there were too many people. So we stood and like watched people in the crossing because my dad wanted to see the yeah. you know Shibuya crossing at its busiest but, and that is a great view. I recommend that location. And another interesting fact, in June 2020, the first signing store opened, which it is the fifth globally, fifth globally signing store. So what this means is that all partners, <laughs> all partners, which is what Starbucks, the term that Starbucks used to refer to its employees, all partners are deaf or hard of hearing. Oh, the store sign. Like, oh my God, I'm yeah. 
So the store is specifically catered to the deaf and hard of hearing community. So everybody there can sign. And That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It was opened in Kunitachi City, which has apparently, I've never been there, but apparently has a long history of the deaf community. Where so Where is that? Cool in japan that's a good question i believe when i researched it it's near tokyo oh uh, it's yeah, in the tokyo, tokyo area. area okay mm-hmm. yeah, so that's a super cool fact briefly briefly this is some kind of hard business facts okay all right i'm gonna hit you with those business facts i'm ready so in terms this information is very recent it's from quarter one fiscal year 2021 so this is like oh, the most damn immediate information you can get that's now that's um, right now right now well i think it just ended net revenue in terms of quarter one fiscal year 2021 70 percent came from the americas this is for starbucks as a whole 70 percent came from the americas which includes latin america and canada 25 percent came from international and then six percent came from what is designated as channel dev which includes the branded licensed products that are sold outside of the stores. So think things like canned coffee that has Starbucks. In terms of operating income, which for those of you listening who may not be aware, um, net revenue is the money you make from selling goods and or services. Operating income is that net revenue minus expenses. So in terms of operating income, 64% comes from the Americas, 22% comes from international, and 14% comes from channel depth. So obviously, taking a look at this, you can, you know, clearly kind of make the assumption that channel depth is a lucrative. Yes, it's lucrative for Starbucks. But anyways, that's just a little bit to give you a little bit of perspective of where Starbucks money comes from. What separates Starbucks Japan from the rest of the world? Well, This is funny because I read many articles that were like specifically would say what separates Starbucks Japan from Starbucks anywhere else in the world is that it's more expensive. And I was under the assumption, like when I read that, I thought, huh, like that, that sounds true. But actually, so I pulled up Starbucks Japan prices for benchmark. I compared a cafe, a tall cafe latte. So a tall cafe latte, Starbucks Japan, is 380 Japanese yen, which is the equivalent of about uh, $3.60. Yeah. That doesn't now, seem in that California, bad. doesn't seem that bad at all. In California, a t- at least where I live, a tall cafe latte is 375 So where I yeah, live, yeah. it is more expensive than in Japan. Yeah. Now... Interestingly enough, I asked my sister who lives in Minnesota to check the prices at her Starbucks because I was curious. I was like, is Starbucks line priced or is does the price vary dependent on where you live in the United States? She told me that a tall cafe latte in Minnesota is $3.25. So it is by uh, region, huh? It is. So where you live, very much so de- uh impacts the price so i guess though the japan thing does mean that it is kind of expensive because it's as expensive as bay area which is a very expensive Mm -hmm. place right yes okay it's actually cheaper it's 15 cents cheaper technically yeah i guess technically but i feel like that's the same (laughs) well i have a question and this might be what you're Mm going to talk about next is the reason that japan is said to be so much more expensive is because their seasonal drinks are really expensive 
the reasoning given by the articles that I read was that like, you know, things like they have to import and mm. like that type of thing. But actually, and I'm not sure if this factors into it, but another article I read stated that in 2019, Starbucks opened its largest, I believe it's called a roastery. Oh. I'm so sorry if I'm wrong, but they opened their largest roastery in the world in Megudo. So actually now I don't think that Starbucks has to import as much. Yeah, they don't have to at least is, import their yeah. roasted coffee. They can import just the coffee beans and then roast them mm. themselves, which mm. I guess could save money. Mm. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I'm no expert. but Because as are. a testimony, the seasonal drinks in Japan are a lot more expensive. They're like 550 to 600 yen, which is about probably like, what, $5.30 to... 575 or something yeah they're quite expensive there i would say that they're worth it especially yes. because it's a one-time thing and it's like a treat you're not like every single day i'm getting yeah. a feline frappuccino you know i mean live your life but you know that's an indulgence oh my god that reminded me of the best frappuccino i've ever had do you remember when uh i think you you saw the the when they did the american pie one that came with the pie shell on top you were in japan <laughs> Yep, I was going to mention that later. The American oh. cherry pie frappuccino. That was insane. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert, but honestly, literally came with a pie shell on top. Like you have to take the, yes. the straw was a big straw, like the kind you get with a boba tea drink. And you had to punch it through the pie shell into the frappuccino, which tasted like a cherry pie. It was crazy. Japan is so sick. That were way. you able to try that or was there too much dairy or were you like vegan then? No, there's not, there's not too much dairy. Uh, and, and I did try it. I only had it like once. I think it wasn't my favorite frappuccino of all time. I will mention that later. I I'm wondering if you'll remember my favorite okay. Japanese frappuccino. I think all, I remember but- mine as well but um yeah that one wasn't my favorite i feel like that's a i got it for the novelty and i did enjoy it i mean it was just a milkshake as pretty much all frappuccinos are but it was it was totally worth trying it i remember i went with like six other people and we all got it It it's a great time yeah i remember getting it too but actually if you want we can go ahead since we're already on the subject i was going to talk about the unique locations first but let's talk a little bit about so there are a few things i kind of am saying are what makes Starbucks Japan unique. And one of them is, to your point, the limited edition drinks. Now, you mentioned the American Cherry Pie Frappuccino, but I will say, and I'm curious to know if you remember this drink, my favorite of all time, my favorite limited edition Starbucks drink in Japan that I ever had was the, it's called Chocolate Cake Top Frappuccino with Matcha Shot. Do you remember, Megan? It was literally a frappuccino made with almond milk, by the way. A frappuccino with a piece of like chocolate cake on the top, like a generous piece of chocolate cake on the top and a matcha shot, like a shot of matcha on dunked over the top. You had to take a huge straw, punch it through the brownie. It was like it was literally like a milkshake and there you was know, nothing about that that is coffee or this whatever sounds familiar can you tell me the name again i want to google a picture starbucks it's called the official name was chocolate cake top frappuccino with matcha shot that's so long god that sounds familiar i do remember eating one that kind of had a cake in it and i feel like mm. i loved it 
or I don't think I had that one. I think I might have had a brownie one. I don't know. It might have been that one. But I, my they favorite. They also had that with coffee. Like they had a matcha shot version and a coffee shot. I version. might have gotten the coffee one because I, as much as I want to like matcha as a dessert, it's a bit too rich for me. It sounds familiar. And I feel like I may have had it because I love, and I, it would have been right up my alley because my favorite dessert is brownies and ice cream. And love. that's kind of what that is. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't have vivid memories of it. But um, I appreciate its existence, and I'm looking at a picture of it. God, it was so good. I had it as many times as I could have. And I'm so sad that in my life, I won't have that again. Do you remember when was that? It's 2017. I probably had it, but I don't vividly remember it. My favorite, which is actually a seasonal one that they bring back, and it's actually quite like, it's not... I actually don't even keep getting it, but I just remember I, I had it when we studied abroad and I really like it. It was quite simple. It was just like the coffee and cream. Oh, um, that one's so good. And they it's bring like it a back. coffee cream, f- yeah. coffee flavored cream on the top. Yeah. And I think it's, they do it annually. I've seen, I've seen it before because they also have the latte version and I liked that one. So good. You know, another one that's good that's very simple is the, I think it's like a cookies and cream frappuccino and it's like a frappuccino with like a blended cookie. Ooh, so good. Sounds good. Yeah. You know what Starbucks Japan is missing though? Mm. pumpkin spice latte yeah no that's a huge mess that is the biggest problem they do do seasonal drinks this year they did i remember i got the gingerbread latte and they had something else i don't think they had the peppermint one because i can't remember god i can't remember i just i don't like peppermint flavored sweet stuff anyway so i very well might not have i know they might have had it this is useless mm. information. Just mint dessert is becoming more popular in Japan, but it's not as popular as it is in the U.S. One thing I wanted to say is they actually don't, they discontinued the gingerbread latte in the United States. So I'm so envious. That you <laughs> I didn't have even it. know that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, they had it. It was good. I enjoyed uh, it. That's my favorite seasonal drink at Starbucks. And like they discontinued it a while back. I'm so sad. Sorry, but it's okay. I cannot enjoy a pumpkin spice latte. Pumpkin spice latte is great. But actually, you know, it's better than a pumpkin spice latte. This is a tangent, but is a dirty chai. Dirty chai. I love a dirty chai. Yes. I I love the dirty chai. I want that chai to call me daddy. Get that chai in my body. I love it. And some other ones that I have listed here, some limited edition drinks. Are okay, so the Halloween mystery frappuccino. I don't know if you remember that. That was mystery? from like 2017. It was not... just like a super chocolate frappuccino. Oh, I was like, do they change um, the flavor every day? Is it like a Birdie Bots every flavor bean situation? Would I end up with that an earwax? An earwax like up to the barista, you know, like the barista's <laughs> like, whatever I want to make. The barista's like, um, I'm gonna spit in this one today. That's the flavor. They would never do that in Japan. No, they wouldn't. They would, like, kiss your frappuccino before they get it to you. They would wink out with that. <laughs> they would wink at it. Wink. And then they would write, your Japanese is so good on the label. <laughs> yes, exactly. That happens. Um, some <laughs> other ones, I'm curious if you remember some of these. So the chocolatey banana frappuccino. Do you remember when they literally blended a banana into the frappuccino? That and like great. I would go to locations and they would be like, sorry, we're all out of bananas today. We can't make you that frappuccino. That sounds fantastic. I do not remember that, but that sounds great. It was really good. Also the tea cream frappuccino. Do you remember this? No, I, I really block out what they do. I don't really order it. Yeah, there's a lot. Because they. I honestly would 
would venture to say that they changed it about once a month. Yep. That's, that, that's how month. it felt. Yep. They had the chocolate pretzel drink. And that was during Valentine's Day, like 20. This is an old one. 2014, maybe? That sounds good. That. I'm vaguely, that sounds familiar, but I'm probably just for making up memories at this point. I know. It was good. And of course, they've had a bajillion versions of the sakura latte they've done like sakura with strawberry apparently this year is sakura fuari fuari i don't even know what fuari, that like it's supposed to be light okay light. that's what i thought i, I was like is that I like fluffla like yeah like fluffla i haven't had I it i, I like should try it man i'll i'll try it and report back yep. next time I'll, if i if i stop that will be our chat today i'll try it and i'll uh, i'll post a review please do because i can't have sakura anything because i don't like it yeah, I'm actually not that crazy. About, oh, because you're in the U.S. I'm not that crazy about it, but I'll do it for the pod. Do it for the pod. Do it for okay, the Okay, the listeners want to know. Okay, oh, so another thing. I was going to complain about one other thing that Starbucks Japan doesn't have. May I? Go for it. Sound um, off. It's a plant-based milk. They are behind on their plant-based milk. They, for a long time, only had soy milk, and now they have mm-hmm. almond milk. And for a glorious two months, two, three months, they had oat milk. And I, mm. like the rest of the U.S., am obsessed with oat milk. I can only get it at Costco here, and I buy it by the crate. And I always have, like, ten cartons because it's the non-refrigerated stuff until you open it. Anyway, for, like, three mm-hmm. months, they had oat milk. I got that shit all the time. I was like, if Obviously. I order this enough, if I order this enough, it'll stay. But it didn't. They got rid of it. Ooh. And they doesn't, does Starbucks, uh, the U.S., have, like, coconut milk? Yep. Yeah. I'm not a big coconut milk person. It's a low tier plant-based milk for me, but I always felt that way when I lived in Japan, that the options were slim. But they do take soy allergies very seriously or even milk allergies as well. Cause they, they give you, they put a soy milk sticker on your coffee and then you got to hand them a little card and they do that with almond milk too. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I completely forgot that, but that is a thing that makes Starbucks Japan different is when you order something with an alternative milk, they will give you like a little placard and you trade it in when you get your drink to signify how seriously they're taking milk-based allergies, which is really cool. And I think it's also so they don't accidentally give somebody soy milk because some people do have an allergy to soy milk as well. That is a thing that can happen. Mm -hmm. And it's good for you because you're lactose intolerant. And you've said you've experienced in the U.S. like you fucking get in your car and you drive away and you're like, shit, this is milk. They fucking gave me milk. Yeah. I once worked in a hotel gift shop and in that gift shop was a Starbucks. I didn't work there. But I remember talking to the barista and she was like, I don't believe in all of this plant-based milk nonsense every time a customer asks for soy i just give them regular milk and what i was the like fuck oh my god i no. know a woman had never met a person with fucking lactose intolerance i was thinking to myself okay i you know i know that there are some people in the world that like take the special snowflake attitude i don't agree with that but okay but this is like a medical issue yeah you know, Hell. like, like I don't drink soy milk because I'm a pretty pink fairy, although I am. But I drink soy milk because I'm lactose intolerant. Like, yeah. please do not give me regular yeah. milk. Yeah. The next portion of the pod will be utilizing that document that I okay. shared. This is, like, a portion I was really excited to share. 
Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, because as you know, and maybe some of the listeners know, Japan has some really cool and exciting locations for Starbucks, like totally unique, like nothing I have seen anywhere else in the world. And so I'm going to like share with Megan and we'll include the articles that I found these in, in the description notes, because I think it is so cool to view some of these, but these are just some of the many exciting Starbucks locations in Japan. The first one in the notes is Hakodate Bayside, which is in Hokkaido. Yeah, Hokkaido is the northern uh, most island of Japan. Yes. Now, first of all, Megan, is this not so gorgeous? Yeah, I couldn't even tell it was a Starbucks. And, like, you can see there's, like, you know, the little Starbucks sign, but it's not super obvious. Um, and I can, mm-hmm. I guess I can see out front they have, like, the sign that shows the drinks. So it's on a bayside, and I feel like this kind of has, like, a fishing vibe. Like, it feels like it could be, like, a little fishing house. And mm-hmm. it's got a horizontal kind of like light brown wooden planks on the the walls to give you Mm -hmm. an example and there is a starbucks green awning and the roof is i think possibly green it does appear to be green and the description which comes from the website timeout states that located in hokkaido's port city hakodate this Starbucks is set in one of the heritage buildings in the Kanemori Red Brick Warehouse District, which dates back to the Meiji era. In keeping its original wooden flooring and staircase, the two-story warehouse has managed to not only preserve but also showcase its historic atmosphere. From autumn to early spring, you can gather around the fireplace and <laughs> sip on a hot latte wow. to warm up from Hokkaido's harsh winter. All seats offer a great view of Hakodate Bay, but if you prefer a little breeze, then head out to the terrace on the second floor. Oh my God, the thought of going to this Starbucks in the winter, you're up near the fireplace with your little, you know, your your little gingerbread latte or whatever, your matcha latte. Oh my God, that is like a dream. I literally, when I was looking at this picture, I was having a vacation fantasy. Yeah, man, a fireplace. That's pretty cool. Fireplaces are not that common in Japan. So that sounds pretty nice. For real. For real. Dreamy. All right. The next location that I'm going to share with you, Hirosaki Park. This one is special because it is one of three Starbucks stores which opened inside a tangible cultural property, which is a, I believe, a government designation in Japan. This one in particular, so it's in Aomori. Are we going north it's- to south? Aomori is the northern <laughs> is the northernmost prefecture right below Hokkaido. Hokkaido is that its was, own island. That is so funny. That was not intentional, but I should have pretended <laughs> like it was. That's fine. But it is the former residence of a division commander built in 1917. Located next to Hirosaki Park, which is famous for its cherry blossoms in spring. This heritage building was adapted into a coffee shop back in 2015, and its interior combines original Western-style aesthetics with Japanese design details, such as shoji, which are paper sliding doors, and classic wall scrolls. So for, like, listeners, this shop almost has, like, cottage vibes. Yeah, I was going to be, like, a European cottage vibe. Pink roof? Yes. Kind of a gray... Almost looks kind of stone. 
Mm-hmm. Walls. That's what yes. you call them when they're outside too, right? Walls. Yes, I would say that. And also like the little Starbucks sign is hanging from a like a lamp post. Yeah, it's a lamp post. Pretty cute. Mm-hmm. It does look very like Western. Yeah, it looks very Western. It's super cute. And yeah, it's inside like a designated cultural property, which what, is so interesting. What was the building before they turned? Like back in the day, you said it and I forgot. No worries. It's the former residence of a division commander. Well, that's not that exciting. It is historical. It is historical. So it has historical significance. I am like, as I as I was cultivating or crafting this, my notes for this episode, I guess you could say, I feel like I was creating a list of Starbucks I want to go to yeah. and eventually go back to Japan. That makes sense. I'll have to check some of these out. Yeah. The next one it should be Kobe Kitano Ijinkan. Is that yeah, what you see? Yeah, yeah. This is weird. I know. So That's... this one is also Western style. Yeah. Looks the least like a Starbucks somehow than the others. The other ones didn't look like Starbucks, but this doesn't even necessarily look like a cafe. I don't know what this is. Yes. So this one is in Kobe's Kitano district. Have you been to Kobe, Megan? I've been to Kobe once. Okay. The Kitano district supposedly is a historical district i didn't know this because i've never been to kobe i I don't remember going there okay this is also so this is one of the three registered tangible cultural property i bet i know what the last one is i don't even know what it is so i hope you can educate me on this because i couldn't find it in my research but be wrong okay i'll wait um, and see if what i'm thinking of shows up because i bet it doesn't I mean, I bet it does show up. Sorry. This location. So this was built in 1907. It had an American resident. His name was MJ Shea. But during the 1995 earthquake, the premises became damaged and destined for demolition. But the structure could largely be preserved when it was transferred to its current location in 2001 before becoming a Starbucks in 2009. Hmm, That's pretty cool. Yes. And I actually really like... This is so distinct. This is from the Japan Travel article, by the way. The next one, I am so curious to know if you have been here, Megan. I have. I have. I've been here. Okay, so you've been to Izumo Taisha Starbucks. Yep. I have not, though I have been to Izumo Taisha. Were you, did um, you go there before the Starbucks existed, or did you just not go to the Starbucks? I'm trying to remember. So I, I, I went think- in 2015. I think that this was there in 2015. Okay. So it's located at the southern tip of Izumo Taisha, which for listeners who are unfamiliar with Japanese history or culture, Izumo Taisha is a very significant shrine in Japan. And the description on the Japan Travel website said, this Starbucks in Shimane is endowed with an impressive wooden latisse design adorning the facade's second floor windows the interior also provides several nods to shinto inspiration including wooden tables shaped like traditional magatama beads light uh, lighting designed with the shrines shimenawa which is woven rice straw ropes and a gable roof design that evokes the traditional shinto style that is so dominant in the area yeah, I yeah, I've been in there and you saying that reminded me that I actually went upstairs and I remember Ooh. sitting in front of those windows and you could see the the like wooden slats out. Yeah, and they did have 
wooden tables. It was kind of interesting upstairs. Yeah, mm. I went there. Okay, that's so cool. I wish that I had been. I don't know why I didn't go, but this is a super cool looking Starbucks. Yeah, I look seeing this was the first Starbucks in Eason Mall, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it looks more Japanese. This one is a Japanese style building. But if you flip to the next location, this one doesn't look Japanese, oh. but it looks so cool. Okay, so, so there are modern. two pictures. There are two pictures. The first one you're seeing, I think, is the snow picture. Oh. If you flip to the next one, it's even more gorgeous. Have I been It's here? like summertime. No. It's the no. uh, Toyama Kansui Park location. I've never been to Toyama. You've been to so many more prefectures than me. Well, I have also driven around in, Japan in my car. a lot longer than me. I guess I have. And, well, you spent a lot of your time in Tokyo. I feel like when I was in Tokyo, I didn't really leave Tokyo that much because there's so much to see. There's or you so just went to the to places around. Also, if you live in Tokyo, you don't have a car. I have a car. And you're poor if you live in Tokyo. <laughs> True. So, there's that. This location, so, quote from the website I found it on, which was also Japan Travel, located at Toyama's Kansui Park, this unique Starbucks store provides great views of both Fugan Canal's waters and the nearby Tenmonkyo Bridge. Its glass-walled design helped it win the 2008 Store Design Awards, yeah. quickly christening it the world's most beautiful Starbucks at the same time. The award-winning store is a natural rest point for Kansui Park visitors and is located just a 10-minute walk north of Toyama Station. It's pretty gorgeous. It's like next to like a... Is that a river or probably just like a lake or a pond or something? Mm -hmm. And it's got just like windows, like floor to ceiling windows. And then has like a kind of wooden, like part of the roof spreads out in front as an awning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a, a deck. It is so beautiful. Like listeners, this location is so beautiful because there's so like, it's almost all windows yeah, And so you can just, I would imagine you could just sit there and look out at like on the water, at the cherry blossoms. It is structurally so impactful. That like is yeah. so beautiful. Another you know, the song from the window to the wall, you can't sing this in here because all the walls are windows. Yes. <laughs> that, I love that, Megan. <laughs> that is a excellent point. <laughs> From the, from the window, window to the wall. There's no, no wall. From, from the, the window, window to the window. Yes, from the window to the window. Yes. Next location is a place you and I have been together. We haven't been to this Aww, location. I didn't know that there was a uh, Starbucks I there that was so special. Is that new? Either. It must be new because you and I have never been there. Well, I should assume because you and I have never been there. <laughs> it it does not exist. <laughs> if we haven't been there together, it does not exist. The entirety of the U.S., does not exist yep doesn't um, exist but weddell park is pretty large so we very well Huge. isn't it we could it's really it. big mm-hmm. we've been there together but we have not been to the starbucks location which is pretty cool the description from compathy magazine says deep within the beautiful weddell park this starbucks branch is another gem the structure is low rise bathed in natural light and with ample outdoor seating space blending in with its surroundings brilliantly. The park is ever popular, so expect cues, but it'll be worth it in the end. 
Isn't that last part just J- Japan's motto? Expect cues, yeah. but it will be worth it in the end. I have heard, and I don't know if this is true, but like, I remember when I was in business school in Tokyo, one of my professors saying that there have been instances in Tokyo where queues have began and like people just join the queue they don't even know what the queue is for but like they assume that something cool is happening so they're like let me get in that line baby and they end up lining up for nothing it is very possible because japan is uh, there's a lot of people in like a little bit of space and also everybody who works like a normal like a typical job has the exact same one off day a week and like one holiday a month. And so literally everybody just has the same time off and they just descend upon like popular places. (laughs) And I think it's just, I think it's because they do have to wait in line. If you want to go to some, like a good place, you might have to wait in line and they just really have this mentality that like it's worth it because it's just something you got to do. But no, a hundred percent. I hate lines. Mm. I like, I feel like if I have to wait too long for something, I'm being ripped off. I know what you mean. I was thinking about this today, and that is the exact reason why I never go to In and Out. <laughs> because I okay, I love In and Out for listeners. In and Out Burger is a kind of West Coast fast food chain. I think I, I even knew what In and Out was before I'd ever had it, but it's good to yeah. tell people. I like I've been like In and Out like four oh. times, and I love it so good and i like there's nothing that i would love more than to have in and out tonight for example but i won't go the reason why is because the line is wrapped around the block like i love in and out but i don't want to sit in my car for i'm not joking probably an hour during quarantine you're probably sitting in your car for an hour it's to the point where it's like looped because of quarantine so it's like i love in and out but that's a lot so i haven't been there in a very long time my family is experiencing a natural disaster right now because, as you know, Texas and a lot of the South is, like, straight up dying because it's fucking cold. We don't know how to deal with winter storms because we don't have, like, we don't have capabilities because we're not used to it. And also, like, Texas fucked up because it made its power grid private. Um, but anyway, where my parents are, they don't have electricity. Thankfully, they do have a, they have, like, a built-in generator that can help, but my dad does have to get gasoline to put in it, and they have, like, a space heater, um, but they don't have any water, and he had to wait, a uh, place in town, the fried chicken place was open, and he had to wait, like, 30 minutes for chicken, but he was really thankful. He was like, I thought it was going to be an hour or longer, and we got hot food, so I'm very happy. And, Aww. yeah, sure reminds I me of that. I hope your family is okay. Yeah, they're okay. There are um, my family's fine. I don't. They're not in any uh, mortal danger, but there are some places, some people who are in danger. You know, especially homeless, uh, houseless people, and poor communities where it's harder for them to try to keep warm. But uh, it's a sad situation and is entirely caused by global warming. Power companies probably maybe not being rid. I, I don't know. The power, at least in Texas, it definitely is because the power companies were greedy and like took their power off the um, grid the national grid because they didn't want to deal with federal regulations because that's very hashtag texas and so it made the situation worse but also like in my hometown what happened i think is that some of like trees fell down with ice and stuff so it took down power lines and stuff and my parents honestly lose electricity a lot because they live out in the woods but yeah i'm feeling for them i'm kind of like numb at this point like i definitely know they're going to be okay but they've like this is like the third power outage disaster they've had in the last eight months because they literally had a hurricane my family lives does not live on the coast they live five hours four hours from the coast and they had a fucking 
hurricane warning and experienced a hurricane. That's <gasps> insane. Okay. Uh, anyway, sorry. I'm getting um, carried away. We do need to finish this. Next one. Yeah. Flip to the next page. I've never heard of any of these fucking places. You right. definitely, the next one, I swear we have been there together. It should be. Oh, wait, we have been here together. This is in, uh, like. Plaza. This is in Amotesando or Harajuku. Yep. It's kind of in Harajuku, that whole Amotesando, area. Yeah. that area. This Starbucks is so fucking cool. It's like atop a gigantic building and you can look out over the entirety of Omotesando and Harajuku, which is a very fashionable, like cool part of Tokyo, which Megan and I spent a lot of time in because we're fashionable and cool. This, oh, but it is, it is super cool. There's a garden there and it's a very crowded Starbucks for sure. Yeah. But I wanted to include this one in particular because I was like, Megan and I have memories. Yeah, <laughs> that rooftop. We've been there several times. We've been there that, multiple like- times rooftops really nice um they have like those chairs there around kind of that plant area is there water in the middle of that no i don't no, it's not. think it's water i, I think, don't it's, think it's um water. i think it's like a glass roof this picture is from summertime but all of my memories <laughs> from the starbucks are wintertime i was gonna say i feel like we always <laughs> went there in the winter when it was fucking it was cold cold as hell <laughs> japan japanese winter is no joke well, I bet in the fucking summer and spring, it's really hard to get a seat. I bet, like, in winter, we could actually get a seat. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that place yeah. is cool. All right. What's next? This is very cool. The next one, I think, is actually the last one on my list, which is... Oh, my is... God. Really? Oh, my God. There's one that you oh, didn't mention that I'm really okay. surprised, and I'm going I'm to want... add. Okay. So, there are plenty of locations I didn't mention. Like, I was combined... I was cultivating this list, and I was like, oh, there's too many. Anyways, so this one is Kobe American Park. This one is way cool. Like just visually seeing it is stunning. So it's, you get to look out at the port of Kobe. If you go to the Starbucks, Um, it's right there. To be honest with you, I didn't include a quote from the article. So I wasn't sure if we would have enough time to talk about this location. (laughs) But visually, if you take a look at this location, it is stunning because it is a massive structure located near the port of Kobe. And it has a huge Starbucks logo on the side of it. Like it is, it is massive. So I would love, first of all, I never went to Kobe. I want to go to Kobe. And if I were to go, I would love to go to this location and be able to look out at the port. I've seen pictures of it at night. It is beautiful. Someday when COVID is over, (laughs) I'm going to go back to Japan and I'm going to take a long trip and I would love to go somewhere like this. You better believe when I plan out my future trip to Japan, that these special Starbucks locations are going to be incorporated. I feel like it's going to be just you going to Starbucks. You're just going to plan <laughs> all the other stuff around going to these Starbucks. Yeah, this mm-hmm. one's interesting. Do you feel like that kind of back part where it's like raised up, you know, like two stories? Do you think that kind of looks like a coffee cup shape? I don't know. It kind of does. I think it's just oh, a circle. Yes. I don't think that's purpose. Yeah, I think I'm looking into it. Um, yeah, but this place looks really modern, really sleek. That's how I would describe Mm -hmm. it. It's like two, there's like the front layer, which is like one story. And there's kind of like the back layer, which seems like it's two stories and Mm -hmm. the. In the back? No, just the, sorry, the, um, the walls. Looks black, gray, blue. It's kind of in that. Yeah, it might be a little, it might, 
it might depend on how the light hits it. Anyway, it's funny because it looks very different when you see it at night. If you look at pictures of it at night, it looks very different. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Those were a lot of cool Starbucks places. I really liked. God, out of those, what did I? I was I into. I know which I... one was the one number one one I wanted to go to. I kind of I don't know. I'm kind of into the Kobe one. It looks weird. That's no, right. The first Kobe one that was that building that had been destro- almost destroyed and they moved it to a new location. How about you? Which one do you want to visit the most? The number one one I want to go to is Hakodate Bayside. Ah, that one is pretty um, cool. That one's up there. So cool. But that also has to do with the fact that like I am dying to go to Hokkaido. So like I would love. I've love been to Hokkaido. <laughs> I went so to the snow. Always wanted to go to the snow festival. I went to the snow <laughs> festival. It was pretty good. Yeah, I want to say I was really surprised that you didn't include the Kyoto one. I was about to include that one. Are you talking about the one that's like in a 1,000 year old Kyoto? Yeah. See, I, know I thought about. that maybe that was the third one that was like might historical be. significance. It might be. I, I just couldn't find like, like the, it didn't specifically say, but like what else would be the what third else? location? Like that's gotta be it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've been to that one. You've and... been there? Yeah. I thought I told you. <laughs> I'm blown I've been there. Away. I would go there. I would have like a matcha latte with soy. I would sit there and just absorb was, Japanese culture and let like, rain on me. That place was really cool. It was very like a traditional Japanese place. They took an old house and like you go in. I went like right when they opened, so it was not too busy. And then you go upstairs to the sitting area, and it's just like they have some places that have the traditional tatami. That's like the Japanese kind of uh, what is that made of bamboo straw, whatever, like straw floors. I literally have it in my house. I think it's bamboo. On it. I should not have it in my house. I just put fucking furniture on it and just like destroy it. I've destroyed this new tatami. I'm sorry, Flora. I love you. It is anyway, they have some sections there. Like we went, all went and sat on a little uh, tatami bamboo section. Uh, and the top, it just feels like a little Japanese house. Like they really stuck to the architecture. And also you would walk through like the little Kyoto streets. And from the outside, you can't even uh, really tell that it's a Starbucks. They That's have, so cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can see the logo, but it just, it really blends in. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about the cool Starbucks. I obviously, I mean, I obviously go to them and I like them, so I'd be a hypocrite if I was like, I don't like them. But um, there's some small part of me that's like, oh, but it's a big conglomerate business. Are they hurting people? But I don't know. I they At the very least, they do have a dedication to making cool designs that, if it's in a historical area, fits in. And they're not trying, they are at least trying to fit in. And they are, at the very least, like, listening to what they think customers might want or what the community might want. So they're not just, like, really super big in your face and trying to, like, make money at all costs. But they're also probably mm-hmm. thinking that if they do these things and it looks cool, more people will go there and spend money. And they are right. No. And I was going to say, as kind of, like, parting thoughts, one quick note, my final thoughts, is that um, another thing that I do think makes – Japanese Starbucks different and you mentioned it before is the fact that they have such cool merchandise um they have the location specific merchandise which I've I've bought plenty of that over the years they have that in the U.S. they have location specific merchandise in the U.S. but it's it's cool I feel like it's cool it is cool um also in addition to that they do have seasonally specific merchandise like they have the cherry blossom merchandise which was just released yep the week that we are recording this yep. and I included it in my notes. It is so cool. The cherry blossom I merchandise. S- I saw the merch. Season. I saw the merch in the store earlier this week. Mm-hmm. I like walked by a Starbucks. So yeah. Uh, so cute. 
Yeah, they mm-hmm. do do good merch. Recently, I actually bought a friend um some Starbucks merch for Christmas. Uh, well, it was after Christmas, but it was for Christmas. They did like a daruma, which mm. is um, how would you describe a daruma? Like Japanese traditional doll. Yeah, I think that's a good description. Um, if you don't know what a daruma looks like, when you have a chance, just Google it. They did some daruma themed, like they did like the tumblers, but they had a couple of mugs, and I got her a mug because her town in Japan. Uh, this is a foreign friend; she's from the UK, but the town she lives in in Japan is famous for daruma, and mm-hmm. um, she, I think, likes Starbucks as well. So I think she enjoyed it, and it was really cute. Awesome. They have super cute stuff. I still own Starbucks Japan merchandise to this day Mm -hmm. nice they have lots of cute stuff so i think that separates them but the merchandise the limited edition drinks which rotate kind of on a monthly basis and are so unique and like location specific as well as these special locations which are i mean beyond unique they are like culturally relevant and specific to the areas that they're located in like it is it is so, so cool what Starbucks has done within Japan, the way that they have integrated into local culture. Yeah. I haven't even mentioned certain locations, like, for example, Kyoto. They have locations that, have, that, like, if you were to walk, like, Kyoto, for those listeners that don't know, is the original capital of Japan. And, like, if you were to walk the streets of Kyoto, you wouldn't even notice that, like, oh, this is a Starbucks and this is, like, a major global brand. Like it blends in with the streets. It feels like a traditional Japanese setting. Like Starbucks has achieved this so, so well in Japan. Like, and I think that's why they have, have had so much success is that they have been able to integrate aspects of local culture while maintaining that like American brand, quote unquote, that like attracts Japanese people. Like, I, I think they have struck that balance so, so well. Which is why, you know, when I was living living in Japan as an American person, like it felt like a a, a piece of home, but it also felt like something different. Yeah, um, and like yeah. I loved that. That all makes sense. I, I agree that. with that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. They're all great yeah. points. Yeah, but I think we do have to wrap this up now because yes. I have to get on the road. But nice. some final thoughts. That was excellent. That was awesome. <laughs> I really enjoyed talking about that and learning stuff. It was a great topic choice. I feel like other people are going to be interested. I hope so. Good work. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> great. Put those business grad school. Oh yeah, you have a you have a master's, right? Isn't that what you achieved? I or? have a master of international business from a major university in Tokyo. So yeah, Rebecca is an educated woman. She has a master's. Cool. Smart women for the win. (laughs) All right. Well, then I guess we're just going to wrap this up. So thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I thought that was excellent. I hope that you thought that was excellent. And we'll keep coming at you with great, awesome, and random topics. Absolutely. Look forward to Megan's next topic. Whenever this next episode appears. Yeah. I'm excited for my next topic. I think you'll like I'm it. I'm excited. All right. That's all, folks. Uh, thanks for coming. I just waved. I guess I'm waving at Becky. Bye, Becky. Bye.